Welcome to the Coach J Podcast. My name is Chad Dubin. Glad you could join us for this episode with Jason Nolf, one of the greatest wrestlers ever at Penn State University Wrestling and one of the top-ranked wrestlers in the world right now who's uh, on the verge of trying to make a world and possibly Olympic team this year. Real excited to have you listen to this interview. Before we get started, I just want to make sure if you're listening, first of all, I thank you. Second of all, the mission of the Coach J organization is to um, plant seeds, open up minds, open up hearts to starting a relationship with the greatest life coach since the beginning of time. That's Jesus Christ. So if you're listening to this and you're uh, not sure what's uh, missing in your life, if you're not sure your purpose, if you're not sure why there's a lot of things that aren't satisfying, please reach out. That's the main purpose of what we're doing is to reach out and, and, and get some help to get started, to have someone to listen to. All of that can be found on the coachj.org website. It's coachletterj.org website. My phone number, my email address, lots of good resources are on there. Please reach out. If there's something you got questions about, we'd be glad to talk to you. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Coach J Podcast and all the other episodes Coach J Gear, lots of good information. Uh, maybe you've even got uh, somebody you think that would be a great guest on the Coach J Show. All of uh, that information and, and contact information is on the website. So please uh, check it out. Enjoy this episode. And thank you for tuning in. Much appreciated. All right. We are here today live with Jason Nolf, former Penn State outstanding wrestler. And uh, we're going to share, uh, talk to Jason a little bit, a uh, little bit today on the Coach J podcast. I appreciate you tuning in, uh, Jason. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm grateful to be here. Awesome. Make sure you remind me. By the way, I forgot to get your picture right under the sign there. It's kind of absolutely. Been a, anyhow, um, so thanks for coming in. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. Jason's been uh, gracious enough to come out here and take some time. Um, it was busy schedule and busy family schedule. He's getting ready to compete in final X next Wednesday, next Wednesday, which yep. if you're not a wrestling fan, that is the final trials to make the United States world team to compete for a world championship. So we're really lucky and blessed and very appreciative that he's taken his time out of his schedule to come out here and talk to us. Um, so to, to get started, let's, uh, give everybody a little background like what was it like growing up as Jason Nolf your family environment kind of where you grew up and and before you get into that I should at least I apologize for people that are not wrestling fans and hopefully there are some listeners that aren't wrestling fans so that we've got a broad audience but uh, Jason Nolf is um, considered one of the greatest wrestlers uh, all time at Penn State University he was a three-time national champ um, I forgot how many times you won the Pennsylvania three times, three time yeah. Pennsylvania state champion, uh, a number of international accolades. And I apologize, but I, I don't have them all written down, <laughs> but he's extremely accomplished. One of the top wrestlers in the world in his weight class. And, um, and so that's kind of a background on uh, his success as an athlete. So let's go back to, um, growing up. Tell yeah. us a little bit about your childhood. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I started wrestling when I was six years old and that's because I had too much energy and, you know, I, I was, I probably wasn't like the, uh, the most well-behaved kid at that time. And I think that's why my parents wanted to get me into wrestling because, uh, you know, that would allow me to expend some of my energy and, you know, I, I, I liked it at first. I didn't love it, but I didn't like being beat. So, you know, I wanted to keep going back to practice to try to beat the guys that were beating me. And I think, you know, I, I was a quick learner. I've always been a quick learner in pretty much anything that I do. And that's allowed me, you know, that allowed me to really enjoy wrestling, you know, start to make uh, strides and start to beat those guys that were beating me originally. Um, you know, I wrestled, you know, I really probably started getting serious into wrestling when I was 10 years old, nine or 10 years old. I started going to a club practice, which was an hour and a half drive each way, um, you know, four or five days a week. So I would say I would start starting to get pretty committed to it at that point. And, you know, I'd spend the summers, I'd spend six weeks at wrestling camp, you know, every summer and didn't, you know, I think like some of my family, uh, you know, my cousins or my aunts and uncles, you know, my grandparents, they, they didn't know, you know, if that was the best thing for me because they wanted me to have a, uh, a childhood, you know, and where I'd spend the summers with my friends, you know, hanging out. And I, and I did get to, and I really liked uh, hanging out with my cousins and, you know, we'd play backyard football, basketball, wiffle ball, really whatever. Uh, you know, that was some of my favorite times from, you know, growing up. But my dad always told me, you know, if you stay disciplined now and you put in the work now, you know, you'll be able to, you know, enjoy the fruits of your labor later on. And, you know, he always told me, you know, moving into high school, high school is going to be the hardest time in your life. That's when you have to decide, you know, what kind of man you want to be, what kind of person you want to be. And, you know, you know, staying straight, not giving in to any type of peer pressure. And, you know, peer pressure was never a big deal for me. I, uh, you know, if somebody said something, I was always very strong in my values and what I believed in in my core and that allowed me to kind of just stay disciplined and stay on the right path. And, you know, in high school, two practices a day, a lift all day of school, you know, 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. pretty much every day I was gone. So uh, very busy uh, childhood. Um, I, I did really enjoy hanging out with my friends and my cousins and playing sports and, you know, but very busy. And then, uh, you know, that kind of leads me to Penn State. Cool. What was home life like outside of wrestling with your parents and your family? You have brothers and sisters? I have two sisters. I have two older sisters. Uh, they they were uh, – my oldest sister, Sarah, was a, a cheerleader, and both my sisters were cheerleaders, and my sister, Sarah, played softball, and my sister, Sam, played volleyball. Um, they were uh, very talented, actually. My sister, Sarah, was a very good softball player, and, you know, my sister, Sam, she, she liked to uh, – she was – always you know energetic and smiley and you know typical high school girl maybe you'd say mm -hmm. um but yeah it was good uh you know i think that you know my my sister uh you know my older sister struggled you know falling into some of that peer pressure stuff and so she you know she you know hung around the wrong people uh a little bit but you know god's definitely blessed her you know she has two kids now and she's you know, been doing a really good job for a long time and, you know, I couldn't be more proud and my sister Sam has two kids and, you know, she's married and, uh, yeah, my parents, they, they always supported me and, um, you know, my dad was definitely very tough on me. Uh, and you know, I didn't like it at the time, but I just, 
you know, your dad's there to be, you know, to discipline you. And, you know, it's not always, they're not there to be your friend. Your parents are there to be your parents. So I understood that. And, you know, if my, my mom was kind of always the one that was a little bit softer on me though. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed, uh, you know, my childhood, even though it was tough, I knew that I was doing the, uh, a good work. It says in the Bible, you know, if, uh, I think if Nehemiah was doing a good work, I always felt like I was doing a good work and, uh, you know, believed in myself and believed that it was going to pay off. So you get to Penn State and a little bit of what I had heard was, did something, was there a point, you know, you had an incredible career at Penn State. Was there a point, though, that after your freshman year or during your freshman year or something where something kind of clicked or changed? Do you remember, Was there anything that, like, triggered, like, you know, this, this elevation to, you know, the most dominant guy in the country with wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. With wrestling. I'm um, talking about. This isn't where <clears throat> this would be the, hopefully the last wrestling question, but yeah, I was just curious about that. I had heard maybe something, you know, it was kind of tough in the room and you know, something, do you remember what it was? Well, or I actually thought that, you know, g- coming to Penn state, I thought that college wrestling was a lot easier than high school wrestling. Maybe not the competition. I think the competition was better, uh, but just the whole, you know, game plan and uh, you know practice schedule. I didn't. I wasn't having to drive an hour, hour and a half each way hmm. to practice. I wasn't doing. I, I wasn't having to do two practices every day. You know, we our, our coaches do a really good job of you know making a making a schedule, making a plan to where we feel recovered and we we feel inspired to come in every day. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd wake up, walk, you know, right across the street, right to practice and, you know, didn't have to go to class all day. I could pick my classes, pick my schedule. If I want to wake up at 12, I could wake up at 12. So I thought that college was a lot of fun and, you know, relatively easy. I was less stressed about my grades than I, you know, I was always OCD and (laughs) really bad in high school. And, you know, I, I ended third in my class. And, you know, I always wanted to be, I couldn't make it to first in the class because that guy was too far ahead of me, but I wanted to be second in the class, uh, you know, salutatorian and, uh, you know, that, that took, took a toll on me, um, because I was always stressing about that. And, you know, when I got to college, it's like, okay, well, I'm still going to, you know, work hard and, you know, try to get all A's, but it's not the end of the world if I don't. And Mm -hmm. I think I ended with 3.75 GPA, so it was good, but. Um, yeah, I, I definitely had a lot of fun, met my wife in college and so walk us through, if you don't mind your relationship with God, you know, what was it like when you were growing up in your household, Penn state kind of up until this point? I mean, I've, I've would be really curious to hear that story. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I grew up and, you know, I went to church on Easter and on Christmas and I always believed that there was a God and, you know, I would say a prayer like at night and, you know, it was a very recited prayer. Uh, I didn't really know what that meant. Um, but I was never like anti God or anything like that. You know, I always believed that there was a God. I just, you know, like I said, didn't know what that meant. Didn't have a relationship with Jesus and, you know, didn't really feel convicted when I would sin. So a lot of times, you know, I, this is how you start to feel the Holy Spirit is because, you know, I would, I would do things that, you know, that I didn't even, you know, see as necessarily wrong or, you know, I'd treat people poorly or, you know, get angry or, you know, 
be lost full or what, something like that and wouldn't feel convicted. And I think that was like a sign, you know, looking back now that, you know, that I wasn't close with God and didn't have a good relationship with God. And, uh, and I actually met my wife first day of orientation at Penn State and, you know, met some uh, of my teammates and they all, uh, like, were going to Bible study. And I was like, I'll go to Bible study. And, uh, you know, I started to learn more and more and, you know, start getting more Bible studies, more like small group sessions. And, you know, I just really started to uh, realize how important God is and, you know, realize that he is everything and everything we have is because of Jesus and what he's done for us. And, uh, you know, my heart started to change, you know, things that I didn't think that, you know, things that I saw differently um, you know, it would change dram dramatically. Yeah, but I, I, w I would just say, like, you know, I, I saw my heart change in, you know, so many ways after, you know, finding my relationship with God. And, you know, I'm continuing to grow, and there's still things that I struggle with. But, like, I, kind of like what I was alluding to earlier, you know, if I do something that I don't think is right now, then I'll be convicted of it, and I'll feel like y you feel like it's wrong. And that's the Holy Spirit that's your conscious and that's leading you to, uh, you know, feel those things. So. Yeah. So you would describe it almost as like a um, gradual, continued evolution. You know, nothing in life, I don't think, straight up. But, you know, two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. But you didn't have any specific type of moment per se that may have happened. You've just kind of... Yeah. Gotten into it deeper and deeper, it sounds like. I know? think some people have that, like, one moment mm -hmm. where they, you know, find Christ and, you know, their life's transformed. I would say, like, I can't pick one moment specifically for me. I think it's just, like, God's been, like, working in my life. And, you, you, yeah. like, people talk about it. You don't realize it now, but you will later. And that, that's a Bible verse as well. I can't remember which one, but... Um, yeah, I can definitely like look back and see the person that I was and, you know, say that, you know, that, that old person has died and, you know, I, I've been reborn and I have a new life in Christ and, you know, I, I didn't really like, fe like feel it at the time, but now looking back, I can definitely see it. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I always think that God's plan is incredible because everybody has a different way of developing that relationship or, you know, opening their heart up to him. Some guys like Don have these incredible experiences and other people like you have a nice gradual, whatever it might be. And everybody's different. It's yeah. incredible. Everybody I've ever talked to that wants to share their story. It's different. It's like no human being is totally exactly the same in physical, you know, looks and no one has the same relationship, the, the same beginning or growth of a relationship with God. So that's really cool. So you got, uh, how, how would you say that as you've kind of grown in getting to know Jesus better and getting to know God more and, and, you know, really continuing to open your heart up and it sounds like continuing to trans, do you, do you relate that at all to your wrestling career? Like as far as, um, did it, did it you feel like it helped you? Yeah. Um, would, training wise, competition wise, preparation or I was always a competitor and a like a real a, a really good competitor. Uh, you know, I've always believed in myself and believed in my training and 
you know, I think just, uh, you know, when I go compete, I always, I always pray before I compete. And, you know, just like even before I start talking about my prayer specifically, you know, I know that whether I win or lose, that my value is not in winning or losing. It's, you know, my value is in God. And, you know, everything on this earth is just temporary. Like we're just playing a game. And, you know, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. The game does. And, you know, to tennis players, tennis means a lot to them. And, you know, everybody has their thing that means a lot to them. And that's because God has put that passion within us to, you know, to, to make the most of what we're given. And, you know, I always, my motto kind of, what, what I think about is, you know, and what I pray is to do the best that God allows me to do the best that I can with what I'm given each day, each moment, you know, you know, some days I might be given less and some days I might be given more, but I'm always, I always want to do the best. And, you know, wrestling has been, you know, a big part of my life. And because of that, I want to do my best wrestling. I want to be a world champion. I want to be Olympic champion, but you know, whether I achieve that or not, that doesn't change my relationship with God. You know, I'm still, you know, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven because uh, you know, I have this relationship with God and it's not because of anything that I've done, but it's because of what God has done, you know, because Jesus died on the cross to, to save us. And, you know, just knowing that it allows me to compete a lot more freely and not stress about, you know, what other people are thinking of me. And, you know, cause sometimes that, that start, does start to creep in, but when doubts creep in and when thoughts like that creep in, I, I, I always like replace it with something positive. No, I am a child of God. No, you know, that doesn't matter. What other people think doesn't matter. And, you know, the more you can replace those negative thoughts like that that are coming from the devil with positive thoughts, you know, from God and from the Spirit, that's, you know, when you can start to become more free and, you know, compete more freely. And, you know, when you compete freely and, you know, uh, you compete a lot better and you win more matches too. So it kind of all goes hand in hand. Yeah, so you've seen that help you out. 100%. Yeah, I always tell um, anybody that asks, like, what's the podcast about? I'm like, what it's, I, I always say, well, what it's not about is how to be a better wrestler or a better football player. <laughs> Just be, you know, that's really a real problem if someone's going to, you know, find God, quote unquote, to get a girl or to get better at sports. Yeah. It does not how it works. So, but I do, from talking to athletes like you and coaches, realize like how much it does it does help, and not you know to be the greatest and best and undefeated, but just in um, seems like enjoying the journey more. Yeah, I would say it's more like uh, in your heart, and like you said, like the the passion and the the journey and understanding you know, the ebbs and flows of everything. Cause you, you can see people that are not Christian that are very successful Yeah, and you can see Christians that are very successful. So, you know, God doesn't like, uh, I believe that God can do anything, but you know, if, if I'm if I'm a Christian and I'm wrestling another Christian, like God's not going to be like, Oh, well you prayed harder. So I'm going to make you win. <laughs> you know, like it's, that's why when I, when I compete, I never pray that, uh, you know, you know, I try not to pray that God, uh, you know, makes me win the match. I, I pray, like I said, that God, you know, protects me and my opponent from injury. I pray that he, you know, allows me to compete the best that I can with what I'm given and, you know, that he gives me everything I need 
to do that. And, um, you know, sometimes I'm thinking, you know, it would be nice to win, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, God, God doesn't, you know, in my opinion, like, uh, you know, make you win or anything. I think he just gives you the abilities to do the best you can with what you're given. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. How about through like, um, super tough workouts or even like if you're caught yourself thinking about, you know, God or just Jesus or something quick during, um, I try to, yeah. you know, like when I'm, when I'm going through something really tough, a lot of times I just like, kind of like I'm blacked out (laughs) because I'm just, you know, it's exhausting and I'm just kind of in the zone and I'm, you know, moving. But, you know, if I do have thoughts, uh, you know, because we, we talk about it in Bible study, you know, trying to rely on God to give you strength, rely on Jesus to give you strength. And, uh, so sometimes when I am not in the zone or something and I'm, you know, struggling, I'll just pray like, God, give me the strength. I'm going to get through this because you're with me Hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. But yeah. But during competition, you ever like gone out of bounds and <clears throat> you know, not not that no, I can think of. No. Yeah, the, the one time it's actually got me in trouble <laughs> uh, was when I wrestled in the Olympic trials finals last year, and you know I was like praying as I was still on the like when I was competing, like right up until the whistle blew, I was like still praying, and I think that uh, you know that took away a little bit of my focus because I wasn't focused on the match. I was focused on, you know, praying, which I'm not saying praying is a bad thing. And it says cease with, uh, pray without ceasing. And, uh, but I think like God, like you pray and you're prepared and you're, you're prepared with your prayer and God knows that. So go do what needs to be done, you know, go compete hard. And if you feel led to pray, then pray. But, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I, I could have prayed and, you know, trusted in God to per, to prepare me to compete and to stay focused and then just go compete and, you know, be focused. Yeah. yeah. He might have yeah. been trying to tell you, hey, I got you. Yeah. Get, get, go get out Exactly. There. Don't wait till the whistle blows, but yeah. you're good. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, that's a funny story. Glad you could share that because that's, uh, you know. That's transparency. Yeah. That's cool. Um, we talked a little bit about um, you're, you're married, Maddie, your wife. She's a professional soccer player. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, and she's out. You were just telling me a little bit ago. She's out in Kansas City. You guys uh, only get to see each other once a month, I guess, while she's competing and you're training and competing and all over the world. And um how how's that gone and and how have you handled like some of the distance issues and you know maybe talk a little bit about how how the foundation of of god in your lives has helped you guys because that's a very difficult uh thing to do yeah i would say uh you know trust is the like with distance and like without distance uh with any with any relationship trust is the number one uh you know foundation like and you get trust from having a a strong base of God, you know, God is our rock and he's the center of our relationship. And that allows us to trust, um, you know, each other and anything that we're doing and, you know, just trust in each other's plans and, uh, you know, to trust in God's plan. Um, you know, God, 
obviously has led Maddie to become a professional soccer player and to live in Kansas City for nine months of the year. And, you know, he's led me to uh, wrestle at Penn State. And, you know, we're only young for so long. And, you know, we're both chasing our dreams. And, you know, just to, you know, uh, believe in each other. And, you know, it's it's really important. You know, I, I don't ever worry about uh, really anything. And, you know, even if we are getting in arguments or, you know, because there's arguments in any relationship, and even if we are getting in arguments, you know, I because of our foundation of Christ, we can trust that, uh, you know, we're going to get through anything. And we're, like, even if it's a small argument, you know, you know that, uh, you know, and I always pray that God makes me a better husband and makes me more understanding and, you know, more forgiving. And, you know, because of that, I, I trust that God is making me a better husband and more understanding and more forgiving. And, you know, just, yeah, it just, uh, it helps our marriage a lot. So just switching gears for a second, how do you maintain your humility? I mean, you're <laughs> just from the few 15 or 20 minutes that we, you know, kind of talked a little bit before we started the interview. Um, do you do you find that a challenge to to maintain humility, uh, sincere humility? Uh, by the grace of God, uh, not not really. I, you know, I just am who I am. And I try to, you know, just be authentic in every moment. And that's always been, you know, honesty has always been something very important to me. You know, ever since I was a kid, even before, you know, I had a close relationship with God. Honesty has always been big. So, you know, when you're honest, then it's, you know, your your story's always true. Yeah. So I, I don't ever try to be somebody that I'm not. And, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of shame sometimes. And, you know, I... So, like, I'm not afraid to, like, dance and be myself. And, you know, if I'm going to make a, a Instagram video, it'd be goofy or something like that. I'm not too concerned in, you know, what other people are thinking about me. And um, so I would say maybe – but I don't, I don't – you know, I think it's also, like, uh, I'm not the – you know, I haven't won everything there is to win, so I'm not, like, the greatest there ever is, you know. I, I believe that I can win everything you know, and believe that I will win everything. Um, but, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done and, you know, just, just staying focused on just keep repeating it, doing the best that I can with what I'm given and, um, you know, enjoying it and having fun and, you know, not taking things too seriously, believing that there's like, there's a lot out there. So, <laughs> yeah. What do you, um, besides, you know, reading the Bible and spending time with God in prayer. Is there, is there somebody, um, that pours into you that helps you out in your life with your, with your walk with God? Yeah, I would say like, I would say just the people, I mean, pretty much every person that I have around me is amazing. You know, God's blessed me so much. And like my wife, first and foremost, you know, she's always talking about God and, you know, to keep, uh, you know, to have that, in mind and um you know somebody when somebody is just constantly pouring that into you she's always pouring positivity into me and you know guys like kyle and uh you know even like joe vistardi and uh you know coach kale coach casey you know every, every pretty much every person that i have around me is influencing me in a good way and you know god i believe that god's put these people in my life to do that and you know it would be It'd be hard to, um, 
you know, I believe wherever I would, I would be, God would take care of me. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to have good people around you. Yeah. Such an easy thing to say. And then you see, uh, also how easy it is to get caught up around a lot of, uh, people that aren't the greatest people well, to that's be around. One thing my dad's, uh, and my coaches have stressed ever since I was a kid was to surround yourself with the right people. You know, if people aren't doing the right thing, then don't hang out with them. And I, I've never had any problem with that. You know, if people aren't doing the right thing, I'll just, you know, go hang out with other people. And uh, that's that's super important. Has there been something that this is a really um, typical interview question, but something in your life that was super, super challenging and getting through it, it may have seemed like really hard. It means anything that's really had a big, you know, was a huge challenge for you and kind of how'd you handle that and how much did your foundation of God help with that? Um, I would say like, sorry, my stomach is growling. <laughs> you probably hear that on the microphone. <laughs> I did. I thought it was mine actually. Nah. You want me to edit that out too? Yeah, you can keep that one in there. <laughs> okay. That's funny. As long as it was from your stomach. Yeah. Yeah. I would say just, uh, you know, like I, 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 the way that I see gambling, um, you know, I gambled a lot and we, you know, we'd go to the casino, like, like when I turned 21, we'd go to the casino like three times a week, four times a week, we tried to Harrisburg. And I, I wouldn't say that I was like, you know, some crazy gambling addict or anything, but I think that I definitely, uh, you know, was a little bit out of control and, you know, it's something that I just loved doing and, you know, I still like to play cards, you know, with my teammates and stuff. And, you know, I, uh, but I had to take, I, uh, you know, I, I, I thought that I was getting too out of control where I just like asked God to help me. And I'd been, Maddie had been praying for me a lot because, you know, I would, you know, lose a thousand bucks or something and I'd call her and I'd be all upset. And then she, she would be like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. But she, you know, she lets me do whatever I want to do anyway, because of that trust. And, um, and then I'd go back the next day and, you know, win or lose or whatever. But, you know, I just, I, I, I just really like gambling and, um, you know, God allowed me to like stop for, you know, I, I stopped gambling altogether for like three years and, you know, and I didn't even like think about it. It wasn't even like, it was just something that I didn't do anymore. And, you know, God allowed me to, uh, stop thinking like that. And, you know, I still like now, now I'll play cards with my teammates and stuff. And, you know, I, I still like gambling. Uh, you know, like I don't gamble though. Like when I go to the casino, I'm not gambling anymore at the casino or something like that. Uh, I'll just watch my, and you know, he's given me the power to, you know, self-control to, you know, not play anymore. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely been, uh, that was one thing, you know, another thing is, uh, I would say just the way that I like, uh, you know, I, f I felt my heart soften, you know, I used to not have much empathy at all, you know, mm -hmm. when, when people would be getting into trouble or struggling with something, I would just be like, well, yeah, I mean, they put themselves in that situation. So, uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, what, what they're getting or, you know, whatever, or, you know, when somebody would tell me a story that was sad, I wouldn't get very sad. Um, so I would say the main thing, you know, it's like, I can definitely like, I have a lot more empathy now, you know, when, when people are struggling with something, I, I can like 
feel that. Yeah, where it, where where do you think that came from? I I mean, it came from Jesus. You know, I don't know like what specific what specifically happened, but you know, I you know I, I definitely like feel for people, and I and I can start to understand other point of views better. Like even like in like in any type of debate, I'm like, well, this guy has a point here, and you know, she has a point here. Huh. Uh, I can you know I feel like I'm a lot more open in understanding and empathetic towards other people and their views or whatever it may be. And it's all about, like, I think Maddie taught me this, uh, you know, feelings are valid. You know, somebody has that thought and that feeling for a reason. So instead of just, uh, you know, saying they're wrong or assuming that, uh, you know, they're wrong or they're stupid, you know, try to figure out where they're coming from, figure out why they're saying what they're saying or why they're feeling what they're feeling. And then, you know, because we all struggle with different things. So uh, just being like cognizant of that is really important. Your heart kind of uh, sees things and feels things a little differently in the same settings. Yeah. That's neat to hear. Really cool. Do you have um, something that like right now you feel like um, God's working on you with? Anything specific like... um, you're not you're not going to Harrisburg three days a week anymore, so that's no. that's good. You gave that to him. Yeah. Um yeah. What, what anything that you can think of that he's working on you with? Um I'm sure I'll know soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean I always I'm just praying for, you know, understanding and wisdom and the, I always pray for the fruit of the spirit. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Um that's like one of my favorite Bible verses. I think it's Galatians five twenty two and twenty three. But you know, just continuing to be more loving and more understanding, and uh, yeah, I, I would say like probably more discipline too. Um, with like spending time with God, I would say that's on my heart. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot more that He's working on that I don't see right now. But you know, I just trust that. He has a good plan for me. When when you if you were talking to um somebody, um if you had to explain like in your own words, you know, what wh- how would you explain to doesn't matter, young, old, whoever, um someone asks you why God? Like how how would you answer that? Why God? Because yeah. that he's the truth. Like, you know, we, you know, we're going to die one day and it could be today. It could be right now, you know, and no one really knows when they're going to die. And, you know, God gives us hope for, you know, eternal life with him. And, uh, you know, that just, you know, God is perfect and, uh, you know, he created the world. So he's deserving of everything. You know, he's, he's deserving of honor and glory and praise. And, you know, he's, he, and you can also see like all the miracles that he's done and, you know, all the miracle stories, you know, even with yourself and, mm. uh, with myself, you know, how, how he changes, you know, I guess you just have to experience God. Um, but God gives everybody an opportunity to follow him, whether it's through nature or, you know, through other people. Um, so I'd say he's, the, he's the only answer. The culture at the Nittany Lion wrestling club where you train, <clears throat> Penn State wrestling seems to. I'm not in the room. I don't really know all the details. I just hear 
have a have a bit of a you know a Christ flavor in there. Would you would you agree with that? It's definitely like an amazing environment to be a part of, and you know a lot of people think that you know Penn State has some sort of secret or uh, you know why are we so successful? But I think it's because of the way that our coaches lead is why we're successful in the type of people that they are rather than, you know, how good they are at wrestling. They obviously are really good at wrestling, but I would say, you know, the type of people they are and, you know, the way that they lead allows us to compete better and be more successful. I talked to um, a couple other people that uh, at, have had teams, team sport teams, where there's just this incredible uh, underlying um, the Holy Spirit really moving on a lot of guys in the locker room, so to speak, and it's amazing, you know. But again, it goes back to you can't, you know, have that as a culture because you want to win. It's got to be in your heart first, and then it could really have a big impact. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's really cool, really cool. Um, who's who's got the lead right now in the uh, ping pong? competition between you and Kyle well what happened he took the lead and uh what (laughs) happened was you know he was I I was crushing him then he went and bought you know this expensive paddle and then you know he took the he took a lead and ever since he got the lead he hasn't played me in four months (laughs) so uh I just brought it up with him again yesterday and he admitted it that he was just chasing he was chasing the lead and once he got it he doesn't want to play me anymore and I think that it's fear Mm. So, sounds like a sounds like you're calling him out. Well, he, you know, he, one good thing about him is he doesn't let what other people say affect him either. <laughs> but you know, so he still probably won't play me. Um, <laughs> what's but, the what's the what's the 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 game count? I don't know. He he. I think he knows. Maybe he just thinks what he. Knows. I know. I know the game count. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it. Okay, but you know. Well, for you guys, anyone listening, I've watched Kyle play. He's really really good ping pong. So. You must, I have be, about you must be 60, really good, I have Jason. about 60 wins, and he has about 80. Wow. Okay. Maybe. Sounds like we might have to do, like, a fundraiser and do, like, this challenge match and yeah. raise some money for, for a good cause or something. Let's do it. Yeah. Is that is that one of your – Well, he's gone on to golf now. Oh. You know, we're both members of Top Trees, and, uh, you know, I think that he, he moved on from ping pong. He's trying to beat me in golf, but I don't think he'll ever beat me in golf. He's uh, you know, he was within one shot the other day, after seven holes, and we were playing nine holes, and then I beat him by ten, because <laughs> uh, you know, just consistency wins. You know, yeah, he was getting real lucky, but uh, yeah, I think he's gonna, you know, it's good because uh, you know, at least that we'll be able to golf together more because yeah. he'll he'll want to keep playing because <laughs> he'll never he'll never beat me. It's so fun, <laughs> you guys, how competitive you are, man. It's just really cool, but it's I'm sure that. It's it's you know it's good natured and oh yeah you guys can give each other a hard time in the room when you see each other about who won in ping pong or golf but what else, what else do you like to do besides ping pong golf and fly out to see your wife once a month yeah I, I, I like to uh, I like to watch Netflix sometimes <laughs> yeah I like to relax and watch TV you know if it's if it's nice and cool in my house my AC broke so <laughs> I don't want to like hang out in my house as much anymore, but I do a lot of home projects. I just got done staining my deck. Uh, I didn't love doing it, but you know, I, I like to work and you know, to, I like to do things and you know, 
like be a man almost like <laughs> like it's like I don't want to just sit around and do nothing all day I want to you know get things done and you know mow my grass you know stain my deck power wash stuff like I don't know just um, but I like playing all kinds of sports you know I like to play tennis and golf and uh, basketball I have a basketball hoop in my house so um, there's a lot that I like to do you have any have you had any thoughts about like someday your wrestling your competitive wrestling career will be over like what what do you you ever think about what you would want to do when you're done competing? Well, I'm actually we're launching a tech startup here, uh, you know, in a, in June, and so in a few weeks, and it's to give athletes an opportunity to monetize their brand, and it's going to be its own social media, so they can you know sell they can sell instructional videos, they can um, they can book one on one coaching sessions with people online, uh, and. Uh, they can create premium groups, which is just exclusive content that people can subscribe to. So uh, I think that's going to be a big company, and I'm excited to build that with, you know, some some partners. And uh, so hopefully that's you know successful, and you know I can just continue to help out in the wrestling community and play golf and <laughs> you know and just serve the community. Yeah. That sounds cool. What's the name of the company? It's called Athletes Ocean. Athletes Ocean. Yeah, we're going to be known as Ocean mostly. Huh. Um, but, you know, we want to go into all sports. Right now we're focusing on wrestling and jiu-jitsu and, you know, striking here soon. But, uh, you know, I'd like to branch into all sports. You know, we have the platform to do it, and we have a really good product. So That's cool. We'll have to keep, a, keep, keep an, an eye, eye on it. That sounds really yeah. exciting. Well, we're, we're going to uh, – we're going to wrap it up. I appreciate you sharing from your heart and, uh, you know, um, being here and spending your time and just, you know, getting, getting some awesome words down about your journey and, you know, your, uh, your relationship with God and then kind of touched on a few different things in your life and just appreciate you being transparent and sharing with us. So, uh, good luck in the, uh, the final X next Wednesday, Thank right? Thank you very much. Yep. Yeah. New York city. Awesome. Make sure you just, uh, when you cross the line, God's going to tell you you're ready. So don't wait till you go. Uh, such a funny story, but I appreciate you sharing, man. That was awesome. So thank you for, for, uh, for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Okay. That's going to wrap up the interview with Jason Nolf, one of Penn state wrestling's all time great wrestlers from one of the all time greatest wrestling programs and real appreciative to Jason for sharing with us. And just want to wrap up by reminding you, this podcast, all the other episodes, a lot of good information, and most importantly, contact information. If you listen to this and you feel like there's something tugging at your heart, you have questions, or maybe you just want to know what's next, please visit CoachJ.org. That's the website, CoachJ, letter J, dot org. My phone number, my email address is on there. Reach out. If there's something that you feel is missing in your heart, reach out. If you feel like you want to have an opportunity to help mentor uh, new believers or people that might need to talk to somebody, please reach out. We can always use good help. We thank you for listening, and God bless.